All right, for arguably the most anticipated movie event of the year, only a full five months after the coveted Spider-Man No Way Home, I have assembled my own panel of Illuminati here in order to discuss whether this movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, actually measured up to the hype. I've got Luke from Luke Reviews. I've got Matt from Basic Entertainment. And back from the dead, at least before he goes back to that for in order to finish up his school finals, Chris, my the TV nerd of Enko, my longtime podcast co-host. <laughs> Guys, you ready to do this? Let's do it, man. Awesome. Oh, man, seeing this panel brings back such good, warm, and fuzzy memories. People, welcome back to another episode of the Talking TV Podcast. We are live here on Twitch on Sunday morning, the 8th of May. We are here to talk about arguably the most anticipated movie event of the year. It is finally here. We've been waiting about five months since the events of Spider-Man No Way Home officially brought the multiverse into live action after it had really only been hinted at in a couple of rather mediocre Disney Plus shows and one pretty awesome animated show, I will say. So this thing has been pretty freaking hyped up, like pretty freaking hyped up. You know, we've all been talking about Marvel arguably for the last decade. So there's absolutely like no surprises to what more than likely our opinions are going to be here. So before we get started, I wanted to go around the panel and I wanted to kind of gauge everyone thought process because this is one of those things where once again the internet provides a pretty consistent idea of things going into it but on the flip side of it you know this is this is when things get interesting this is when the re- the reactions start to become a little bit more individual based so starting with luke then going to matt then going to chris what was your anticipation level going into this movie and what is it now that we're on the far side of it starting with luke well the closer it got, the definitely the more it dropped, considering the reactions came out and what I was hearing is like, oh, he's good, but it's like, eh. but I was like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna enjoy it. But then as the movie went on, I thought, mm, okay. But I, I tried to get myself excited on the day, and I was, and I sat down, and the Marvel Studios logo played, and then the movie happened. Spoken, spoken like a true Luke. That's all I'm gonna say, Matt. <laughs> your anticipation level going in and then coming out. Um. I've been following this movie for a while, of course, for all the Marvel movies um, and just Multiverse of Madness, then bringing in Sam Raimi. It was up. But then later on, I just for stuff in general with Marvel or just movies in general, I my expectations have been lower for a lot of stuff. And going in here, hearing a reaction that they're kind of mixed, it actually went up pretty high because just like all the other critics, when they talk, every movie is a 90 percent. This one was like a 70. I was like, oh, the critics might not like it. It might die, um, you know, change it up and stuff. And I was like, I'm more excited for it. But my expectations for, for this movie was pretty low. It was, it was checked. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's that's spoken like a true diehard Marvel and audience core <laughs> member. The critics say something's bad. Our ears perk up. We're like, oh, okay, there might actually be a chance. Chris, my longtime podcast co-host, and famously <laughs> fighting the good fight against the surge of Marvel lovers. Chris, you fam- you you actually did like No Way Home for the most part. Didn't love it, but liked it. So now this is the next major movie. You know, we've had, surprisingly enough, only one Marvel TV show since then. And now we've actually got a big movie. So, Chris, your thoughts going into and then coming out of Multiverse of Madness as far as the hype train goes? 
Yeah, for sure. So first of all, let me just say it's like so good to be back. Even even Honey's excited for me to be back. Um, and I it's thought I just, heard her barking uh, before the background. <laughs> She's pumped for me, man, because she knows how much I missed it, dude. Like I won't even begin to lie when I say school's fun. It's just something that you know I have to do. But this is something I want to do. So it's great to be back here um, with uh, the Talking TV crew and of course our great panel of guests. And and so one benefit of being so you know encumbered with schoolwork and life and all that stuff lately has been I, I really haven't been on social media for like the better half of like a month and a few I'm weeks so really jealous of you so i only ever knew about krasinski being um you know uh mr fantastic oh damn so from... we're dropping spoilers right now <laughs> we're just getting that out of the way oh, now. I, thought, I love it i, thought I love it, was it. A... Listen, this is talking TV on Twitch, all right? We're not on that YouTube bullshit anymore. Like, it's Sunday, too. This is the real, <laughs> I love the it. Real Just get deal. it out of the way right now. So, so give us a follow if you if you're if you want some <laughs> real content, some real criticism. You won't get anywhere else. But uh, so I, I think, like for me, I only ever thought that was like a rumor. I never knew it actually turned into anything. So. I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. And then another spoiler, uh, Patrick Stewart. I didn't see the trailers because I just didn't have time. So when I saw him, I was like, Oh cool. So they actually did do that. Like I thought it was maybe, maybe not. Um, all I, all I heard going into this thing in advance was Feige being pissed off about how much they shared, which was another reason why I was like, honestly, I have so many finals at this point. Anyways, why would I spend time on social media? And now I'm definitely not going to, because it means they did the thing that I've been saying since we started the show, which was, I don't need to see the movie if I see the trailer. So I'm just going to go see the movie. Cause I'd rather watch a movie than a trailer. And, uh, yeah. So I, my, my anticipation level was the same. It always is with Marvel. I go in with them low, but I hope to be blown away. Uh, you know, um, point in case being one, no way home. I thought it was really fun. I wasn't blown away, but it was really fun. But yeah, no, I mean, I actually did feel myself get excited as the days drew closer. We went and saw it last night, a friend of mine and myself and like from about Thursday on now, now it being Sunday, I was like, cool. I mean, I'm definitely craving just a night out in general to have fun for the first time in a while. But also like, yeah, let's let's go see this movie. I'm pretty pumped. Um, so going into it, it was moderate as usual. But coming out of it, like I feel like I enjoyed my time with it. I think so far since No Way Home, the MCU is two for two. Not saying there were groundbreaking films, but I, I had fun. Yeah, indeed. And I think that's kind of where we're at as like longtime Marvel fans, I will say, because I've definitely know like noted a market difference between the Marvel fans of the Infinity Saga versus the Marvel fans of now, you know? Like it, it's just getting to the point where it's like, okay, we're ten we're we're past the ten year mark. We're pretty much past COVID. We're into whatever this new phase of Marvel <laughs> is going to be. They're still kind of, you know, doing their building blocks after getting old like the delayed crap that we were unfortunately had to suffer through last year out of the way. And now we're actually getting into some more interesting material between this and then Moon Knight, which just dropped on Disney Plus, also hopefully providing a more interesting turn for the Let Disney me just Plus say I haven't well. had a chance to see that yet. So um we'll we'll keep I, that uh, one we'll keep that one spoiler. I, I would appreciate that. <laughs> we'll keep that one spoiler happy. Thanks for letting us know. That does help. So I so I'll, I'll walk you guys through kind of my reaction going into that and going going into the movie and then coming out and then I'll use that as like a transition period for kind of, you know, into our next couple points, which is where going into this movie I remember seeing the first teaser that we had post-Spider-Man and being really interested to be like, okay, so No Way Home, this isn't going to be the last time we see the multiverse. Obviously, you know, it's in the title, The Multiverse of Madness, but we know how Marvel can, like, lie about stuff really easily. So I wasn't, like, getting super hyped for that. So basically when I heard it was going to be The Multiverse of Madness, I kind of was just like, okay, you know, this is just going to be a thing. 
you know, this is just going to be the next Doctor Strange movie. I'm like, whatever the case is, I'm like, okay. So I, I'm like, I'm interested to see how after I thought a pretty mediocre first movie, they've been utilizing Doctor Strange in more of the team-up movies rather than just immediately trying to launch him into his solo franchises. You know, Doctor Strange was one of a couple characters they introduced late into the game in Phase 3. So naturally, they weren't going to really be able to dive into more of his solo movies until after the big team-up movie since at that point, Infinity War and Endgame were just on the horizon. So I knew we were going to have to get past those two. And then he popped up in No Way Home, which I was not expecting. And I was like, okay, so they're going to use him as the whole catalyst in order to introduce, you know, the multiverse and all the other previous Spider-Man elements. And then the first trailer comes out. And then I realized what this movie is actually going to be, which is I'm like, oh, okay, they're not doing a sequel to Doctor Strange anymore. They're using this as the next, let's call it, Marvel gimmick, which is before it was all, you know, the different characters and all the meetups and the character interactions and all that. And I'm like, and now it's the time for the cameos and the connecting to and making the last not just 10 years of MCU content canon, but the last 20 years of non-MCU Marvel affiliated content canon. You know, we obviously, we knew about the purchase of 20th Century Fox and all that. Obviously, they've done their deal with Sony. So it's pretty, effectively, we are now, what this movie is, is this is the first real demonstration of what fans were going nuts about back in 2018 and 2019 when all of those murders went through and the idea of seeing... Yeah. All of the all of the major comic book characters that Marvel had to sell off, you know, 20 years ago when they filed bankruptcy. Now, finally, you know, getting them back back together on screen. Does that necessarily make for a great movie experience that I'm still trying to figure out? But all I'll say is that is kind of like as far as like, you know, kind of getting to like satisfy that portion of me where it's like, holy shit, we're actually going to get like a Doctor Strange movie with Professor X and Mr. Fantastic portrayed by Patrick Stewart and John Krasinski. You know, like Mar Marvel is literally just become like to me fan service but once again they're doing to me what what it is that chris and i actually discussed about a couple weeks ago which is that they're doing fan service right for lack of a better word like i still didn't don't the first time ever yeah but here's the thing right it's marvel is once again still able to do that to the point where it's like not detrimental to the story at least to a certain extent like there were certain moments in this movie coming out where i'm like okay that was a member berry that was a member berry and it's starting to get to the point where it's just feeling a little bit obnoxious versus marvel's usually always done a good job of towing the line before but i can just say that like as far as my initial reactions coming out of the movie before we start to break down more of the specific stuff i chris i love that you just ripped the band-aid off as far as just exposed to the spoiler there i'm like okay we're just getting <laughs> right into that okay is that this is probably the most amount of fun that I have had watching a Marvel movie since Avengers Endgame. You know, No Way Home was what it was, and I really, really had a good time with that, and that movie surprised the hell out of me. But in hindsight, I've, I'm realizing now that, that my biggest flaw with that movie is they kind of need the extended Spider-Man elements to make that movie as good as it is. Because without them, it just becomes another really, really terrible Tom Holland movie. Like the solo Tom Holland moments of that movie before we bring in Doctor Strange and the extended Spider-Man movies are just as bad, if not worse, as the first two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, which are both not good at all. Far From Home, I've made it well known, is... Yeah, bottom, even bottom I disagree with that. Luke. Bottom, bottom five but, uh, MCU, bottom but, five MCU movie for me. Dom, but yeah, real but quick one, though, yeah, before yeah. we get too far away from it, because I do want to get into initial opinions and, and of course, then start speaking specifics about the movie. But I think you just painted a great setup for the only topic I was going to bring if we were doing that today. And so I kind of want to go around and get everyone's thoughts on it. Um, I'll let you guys know my thoughts first. See, I think the really the the biggest issue with this film. Um, from a marketing standpoint, from like a zeitgeist standpoint, while we're still sort of in that realm, is the the way it was the way it was marketed. Um, that they almost did a, a whole thing where like the multiverse was like a character, when really it's just a story about um, 
Doctor Strange wanting to find love and Wanda wanting to find love and the things they'll go through to do it. It's it's really that's at its core. The multiverse is a conduit for helping them get there, but they made it seem like we were going to be bending realities. And, you know, you guys saw all the stupid YouTube videos, Deadpool showing up and, you know, so and so Tom Cruise is going to be all the one Tom Cruise, Spear, Iron Man, Tobey Maguire. I've heard a rumor about Ben Affleck's Daredevil at one point, like all this Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider, all that shit. Because like I I haven't I mean the the few reviews I've seen it's almost like no one's even left an opinion on this thing where like no one really knows what to make of it and I think a problem with that is the marketing I still think people say this could be projection wise like the third highest grossing movie of the post pandemic era and it might actually hit a billion dollars like a lot of people are saying with like the pre sales and tickets I read some of those articles I always think that's fun but I just think like the reception's been strange because really instead of Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness I feel like this movie should have been called Doctor Strange in the corporate merger of madness like because we got we got Patrick Stewart in that old school yellow X-Men thing and he did the thing that we all remember from being he young his finger too. He his and finger. he went into the matrix yeah exactly so it's like oh cool so now that's all potentially in game and like cool so john krasinski is mr fantastic so you know maybe him and emily blunt are going to be doing the thing in a future movie it, this was like it felt like doctor strange but now we've set a bar so high so let's just like show off all our new toys in the middle all our new acquisitions in the middle then we'll get back to the movie and i just i don't know like i think that's like the biggest issue with this film from the marketing standpoint is this emphasis on the subtitle. I think everyone was expecting it to be this crazy, like, Infinity War-style journey when it was really kind of just like a standalone yeah. film. Yeah. And, I, and I think that took away from it. But I thought it was a great, fun little standalone film. But little is the word. It's not as big as everyone thought it was going to be. What do you guys think? I think it's so interesting that you bring that up because I thought that that was going to be something that really bothered me going in but then in hindsight i'm like it actually really didn't bother me that much in fact if, if anything it kind of made the movie better i mean i'll save my thoughts because like i've got a lot of thoughts specifically on the illuminati section in general but i'll save that for a little bit what did you guys think about that nope uh, well yeah i call it false advertising like multiverse of madness and there was about three and very little madness um if i knew that it was going to be like a more doctor strange thing it's going to more lean into his feelings in that and you know, it could have linked even more into that and then you sell it as that and you make Wanda the villain like properly then you could have really had something but I was expecting like world hopping like you know oh we're going to this one oh no can't go there and uh, then, then just madness but there was there was very little madness and my expectations were high for how grand it was gonna be and and it really wasn't yeah, I think my biggest nitpick was that it's like, wow, so we had that one sequence of them bouncing through all the different universes at once before they finally landed in the yeah. 838 verse. And I'm like, oh, I think we got the Savage Land. I thought I thought I heard like some Looney Tunes sound effects in the background there. And I'm, was, like, yeah. is, I'm, like, I'm like, is that some like potentially stepping on some intellectual property theft right there, Disney? You better Star be careful. Wars, uh, maybe. See, Matt, I, I felt like there was more, um, how do you say, there, there, there was more like love story than there was like like there was more magical rules in spider-man no way home when like dr strange is telling you know um tom holland's peter parker like be careful what you wish for whatever that whole scene where he's like you know because you, you can't come like where was that that was supposed to be like that was supposed to be this movie am i wrong like what's your take on that um it does play in, in, in more into the witchcraft and magic which i i love that they introduced um they really opened that realm but talking about the marketing Listen, man, I wasn't expecting no Tom Cruise Iron Man. I wasn't expecting no Tommy McGuire. I wasn't really expecting them to even go to that many places. 
my expectations were low on the multiverse aspect. I was like, you know, Marvel is not going to stop here with the multiverse. They're going to drag this out for the next 10 years, which they, they properly should um, for the story story um, plots that they're building. I just wanted a Doctor Strange sequel. I mean, God, we haven't had a Doctor Strange sequel in six years. You know what I'm saying? And I want to see Raimi's take on Doctor Strange, who I think is so perfect for Doctor Strange. If I had to pick a director, he's the guy for it. I think he's more of a he he leans more into Doctor Strange than Spider-Man, if I'm being honest. And I also want to see a sequel of WandaVision. This was a sequel of WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and I'm glad it wasn't a sequel of the MCU. That's a great point. That, that is a really is a good, yeah. that is a good point. I I, I because, do like that point. Because if he started become Doctor Strange started to become a character that was like, I'm the fixer. I'm the guy, okay, you come to me, I'm gonna fix up. I need an event to kind of get my own sequel. I don't want that. Doctor Strange has some his own standalone stories in the comics that are interesting and fun get some respect on strange especially to after watching what if in that one episode he was amazing in that yeah it's, that's such an interesting point because my whole thing with dr strange in the mcu matt is you're 100 right because after uh, i thought a pretty mediocre standalone movie i mean don't get me wrong dr strange is not even the first dr strange is not even the worst movie that we got in phase three you know captain marvel much but like the fact that like it, it kind of came in between like two of like arguably the best mcu movies for me civil war and then guardians 2 yeah. and then all the craziness that came afterwards as a result of that you know the first spider-man and black panther and ragnarok and then leading up to infinity war it almost felt like the first dr strange kind of got forgotten especially because they just immediately started inserting him into all these different group of movies you know, first with the cameo at the beginning of Ragnarok and then the crucial part that he played in Infinity War. And then when he came back with everyone in Endgame and then he's in No Way Home, it's almost like Doctor Strange as a character has been utilized so much, but it feels like we've seen him so little, so little. you know? Yeah. And, 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 and it almost felt like, you're right, that almost factored into the marketing aspect where people are so excited for the multiverse and so anticipating that that they almost forget about the Doctor Strange elements. And then they're almost surprised when, crazily enough, the movie turns out to be a Doctor Strange movie, you know, first yeah. and foremost. And strangely enough, it, Doctor Strange ended up being like one of my favorite parts because I feel like this movie because I feel like what this movie did as far as on the Doctor Strange front correctly that I think the first one didn't is the first one I felt like was trying to be like so indebted to the comics and so like what's it called and like paying such great homage to like the history and the origin of Doctor Strange that I felt like they almost forgot to like have fun with the movie like there were some incredible sequences yeah. in that first movie for sure but like there, there were I felt like there was just so much that just got left on the cutting room table you know and it felt like it was like a more generic version of Iron Man it's, like my biggest the complaint poor, it's a poorest man Batman begins Iron exactly, Man exactly exactly and the thing <laughs> that I if people always ask me what is it that I don't like about the first Doctor Strange I'm like it's because it's not fun it's not a fun movie for yeah. me to watch this was just if like my whole thing is I'm like look these movies are pitched as just being fun they don't want me to think they don't want me to have any sort of dire consequence i've spent the last five years now complaining about how marvel movies have no stakes i'm sick of it i'm tired i just want to have fun <laughs> well, with no, my they marvel never wanted movie. us to even I know, finish the I first know. doctor strange yeah clearly clearly oh i was gonna i'm glad that you brought that up too <laughs> i'm glad that you brought that up too because that's another great uh tidbit there but yeah like i had just so much goddamn fun with this movie i understand all the problems i understand that it's fast-paced i understand that the entire illuminati section is just more marketing for future movies i understand all that but like look i know all of that about marvel at this point i just wanted to have fun going into this movie and i got all of that and more this is the most fun that i've had a fee this is the second most amount of fun that i've had in a theater so far this year since everything everywhere all at once which is just one of the just an absolute joy to watch from start to finish um so here let's do this because i kind of am curious everyone's thoughts i kind of want to progress through the movie do a first act second act third act little conversation because i feel like there's a lot to talk about throughout each different act here because never have i enjoyed a movie so much recognizing that there are so many tonal 
and pacing differences and problems, but yet somehow it comes together where I walk out not complaining, but actually having a decent fun time. So it's really... So what was the thing with this? Does anyone know the history here? Was there originally a director and then he left the the film? The big thing is they were going to bring back the same team as the first one. They were going to bring back Scott Derrickson and see Robert Cargill, who I'll always know is Carlyle from Spill.com. You know, they had creative differences, whatever, whatever. You know how that always goes. Probably they they were trying to make like something probably more in line with the first Doctor Strange movie. Marvel already kind of moved on. So they ended up leaving. um, They brought on Michael Waldron, who's the showrunner for Loki, to rewrite this script. And then they bring on Sam Raimi to do more of the horror edge because that's always been the confusion thing too is they've always wanted to make Doctor Strange more of like a horror-centric movie because famously Scott Derrickson, the director of the first Doctor Strange movie, also did this the Sinister movie as well. And he's actually got another pretty interesting looking horror movie called Black Phone with Ethan Hawke coming out later this year as well. So I find it interesting that with Doctor Strange they've always wanted to take more of a horror edge but it felt like this time with Sam Raimi it's like they were almost tapping into the element that was like missing from the first movie which was the horror element you know like they really went like all out with just the crazy like the ghoulish designs and the, and the more macabre looking. It was almost Almost a little you know, Lovecraftian with that a first little, bit, little like, yeah. and and the way that they like took the eyeball out of that initial like giant monster and like it just the pop oh, it sound. Awesome. It, was oh, like, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was like Tim Burtony. It was like yeah. Lovecraftian, it was very, very, very Ray Harryhausen esque. So I felt like I felt Raimi throughout the entirety of the movie, which is why I say that. But I just think there are clearly some parts that felt more like it had, and I don't want to call him an artourist, but like for the sake of describing a director's touch i'll just use that word like some parts of the film had more of like sam raimi's touch rather than other parts and so the first act it kind of and we'll go around i I will i want everyone's thoughts on this as we go through the film but i felt like it started off pretty generic we're back in new york city again it's the mcu everyone's hanging out dr strange is with rachel mcadams and he's a good guy he goes to her wedding even though they didn't work out whatever And so that just felt cool. It felt like your typical MCU standalone first act where we reestablish, we get reacquainted. It's been a little while. Let's get in. Let's establish some stakes. And then, oh, intro action sequence that has no real consequence because this is how we do it. We're used to the formula, which is fine. It's, I'm, at this point, I'm done arguing against it. There's like 30 other podcasts you guys well, can go also, back and well, listen I mean, to. Also, just the fact of it's like, I feel um, like people in New York at this point should be so used to the idea of giant They are. They're taking their smartphones out now. And I love that. I thought... I thought that was great. I, was I, awesome. I'm like, okay. So at this point, they're like not running away from they danger. Survived the citizen. Atari, they like, survived Thanos. They're trying to go viral. They survived getting snapped away for five years. These people are used to it. They're like, look, we got yeah. aliens. We got gods. We got, oh, we, they, they just had a celestial pop up outside the earth. Like not even a, like a couple months ago. Like they're good. Yeah. They're, they're good. They're used to it. If anything, that's the piece of content no one's making about this movie that should be made. Like the way that the citizens of the MCU now are like trying to get that viral TikTok of Dr. Strange of fighting and, the and, and how Christine's yeah. husband to be is also Loki, a Doctor Strange fanboy. Which I'm like, wow, of all the MCU heroes, the <laughs> fact that you're a Doctor Strange fanboy, I feel like that should tell Christine something. Yes, that's weird. Okay, yeah. that's weird. Um, I'm glad we're on Twitch, not YouTube. Anyways. Yeah, right. and it was so, real um, quick, so we're just skipping over the intro action sequence with America Chavez and the, and the alternate Strange running and trying to get the Book of Ashanti and then him absorbing her powers, even though that makes no sense because if the monster that's chasing them... If the monster that's chasing them is after Chavez's power to like traverse the multiverse, why the fuck would that version of Strange try to absorb her powers? Because then wouldn't it just be able to get her powers from him? I mean, it makes no difference because that Strange gets killed anyway in order to set up for the for a, I think it actually a really probably that's the other thing to all say about this movie. This movie probably has the greatest use of the Chekhov's gun technique that I've ever seen in a movie like recently, like ever. 
It was it was really good. Yeah. So I mean, I felt like the first act was a little normal, a little generic, but it had like the touch of where we were going, and that was cool. Like the first act, it hooked me. Honestly, it got me into the world. I still think that this relationship between Rachel McAdams and Stephen Strange is, or you know, Cumberbatch is just. What, the last one was 2016. Who the fuck yeah. remembers that? Yeah. Like, just just drop <laughs> it. It doesn't matter that. A lot that happened since then. Or or hint at it throughout other movies because this really is a love story. Let's be honest. This is about yeah. Yeah. parental love. This is about Chavez loving her parents and not being able to get back to them. And this is about Doctor Strange and Rachel McAdams and whatever. But I mean, that was that felt weak. But it was a pretty generic, easy to get into first act. But. So I have no complaints there, but what about you guys? Like, did this movie hook you right away? What are your takes on the first act? It, it definitely hooked me about how the began because it's like, oh, we're just boom, we're just right in it. We're just right in it. It's kind of like I like the idea how it's like it. This movie, in in the context of the MCU, kind of doesn't make sense with the multiverse, especially No Way Home. No Way Home doesn't even feel like even happen in this like in this universe. I can understand that Sony being Sony, Marvel being Marvel. But I like how it picked it up right from the beginning. It goes in there. Sometimes they, you know, these movies they drag. They have the run of a day, um, daily feel. Uh, we we get it. You know, it just goes in. And uh, the first act, I will agree, felt kind of like you know formulaic, generic, but it wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like it didn't like. Oh, here we go. Once we get introduced to Scarlet Witch, I feel like this movie starts picking up, and I think that's where Raimi really shines from there. Then are out. He he is his footprint is all over this film. I mean, God, I was like, wow, this is the best directed MCU movie since Volume Two. Like, I was just stunned about it. Wow, not why wow, you put Volume Two, not even Black Panther. I volume agree. Two really? has better volume camera work. Two, damn, okay. that's crazy. Black Panther has some shaky CGI and some yeah, that's stuff true. That that CGI in the third act, the was CGI rough. was. That CGI in the third bad. act is pretty rough. It's Black yeah. Panther. I'll, I'll, okay, that's but yeah. Good. um Luke, your thoughts on like the first act? Anything stand out? Where, where, where's your head? Where was your head at at this point in the movie? Because you said you weren't really that hyped going into this, which I didn't expect to hear from you. Well, during the first act, my head was in the clouds because I had just seen an amazing Top Gun Maverick preview. <laughs> and- <laughs> Don't forget, we finally got a look. It's real Avatar: The Way of Water. Avatar. It's actually happening. Looks and that amazing. looks like a great time. Years Top- later, it's finally Tom happening. Cruise is- Tom Cruise doing the things like, <laughs> I'm going to shoot you down. No. But uh, yeah, as soon as it started, I'm like, okay, this is going to be over like that. Like it was so fast. Um, but I thought, okay, this is going to be classic MCU. Oh, it's cool opening scene, cool visuals. And then we get the classic man in New York, but it's the MCU. Um, so it's really Cleveland. I don't I guess or, so. or, or Atlanta, Atlanta, wherever wherever they're shooting. It. <laughs> um, I, I think they were shooting some of their movies in I, Australia, but I saw I saw so much Australia. I saw Finland. <laughs> I saw um I saw New Zealand. I saw anywhere but United States. Anywhere but New York. I, I think the most offensive one though is Homecoming, where they are clearly it is so obviously Atlanta, Georgia, but they're like, oh, it's New York. I'm like, that is not New York. And I'm like, I've never seen a single stretch of buildings in New York that look anything like that movie. Yeah, I was just kind of trying to settle into it. Um, okay, we're gonna do a bit of Doctor Strange, Christine stuff in this. Okay, oh, and there's the big monster. Here we go. Story starting, and then they got to explaining the the rules of everything. Like uh, dreams are actually us in parallel universes. I think it's actually pretty Which cool. Which explains so much. So, so much. At, at the moment, there is a version of me going through Mordor to destroy the One Ring because <laughs> the dream I had. Um, but yeah, uh, and then as soon as Wanda came in, I was like, okay, 
oh, she's just a villain straight up. There's no no build up to that. She's like, boom, I'm angry now. Yeah. Uh, I seen that. Her. I I seen that complaint thrown around about that. Is the whole? It kind of feels like it undermines WandaVision. Nah, I, well, I mean, she did. She I, did. She did. Nah, hold that town hostage. I, I, I'm it, sorry. Anybody who says that, I'm like, I think that's a perfect natural transition to her character. Yeah. And she, if anything, for the, the first end. time, I'm glad I wasted my winter watching that show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And also, also <laughs> think about it this way too. Think about it this way too. It's the first time that we've actually seen a payoff for like a character getting away scot free with no consequences. It's like, okay, you yeah, know, they, they, Marvel's always let its show. heroes get away for scot free without consequences. May as well start to make them the villains. And you know, I like we've been waiting for like the Scarlet Witch, like you know, the evil Scarlet Witch arc for. I feel like a wild now you know and yeah. i guess the biggest source of i feel like the biggest complaint that, that i had about the end of wandavision is like okay so we're not committing to the whether she's evil or not they're just kind of like gonna she's gonna just gonna go off and do this and like i was definitely a big fan of like okay if there's one thing that we can actually get paid off from wandavision it's that she's officially evil now but like my thoughts coming out of the first act where i'm like my, my i guess just my surprise was the simplicity of it which i guess is kind of confusing but considering the fact that we've kind of been conditioned to expect so many different crazy not so visual things with marvel now that i guess the i was surprised by how i guess simple and transparent it is you know like you get that opening action sequence and even though it's moving on like a fast forwarded pace it surprisingly doesn't bother me it's pretty obvious that we're watching a different version of strange you know while it doesn't totally make sense the logistics of the setup it's just fast enough and it gets you into the it, it gets you into the action going you know it establishes the stakes pretty well and by the time we get to the giant monsters i'm like okay so we're just getting back to like some old-fashioned you no know, giant monster fighting you know it was fun it was enough to get me into it and like you were saying matt once they get to the scarlet witch of it all that's where the movie really kicks off because i think probably my favorite part is the fact that they don't waste any time at all like they like i thought that there was like going to be like this extended sequence where they bring her to chavez and then strange realizes that he messed up and i thought that we're going to be the whole oh now i have to you know make up to chavez because now she's going to think i'm evil for and i thought that we were going to do all that like stupidity that usually that like pissing me off and no it said we just immediately got to oh yeah Wanda just straight up coming out and saying i'm evil now and elizabeth olsen just full-on taking off the blinders like can we just talk about elizabeth olsen for a second how yeah. fucking good she is in this movie oh my god like yeah. i don't be wrong like, i have been batting at 100 for wanda since the minute she was introduced in 2015 in age of ultron with that god-awful accent that she was doing and she's progressively <laughs> lost the accent since but she brought it back now and I have been defending her since they won. Everyone's like, oh, she sucks. Oh, she can't do anything. Oh, the only thing she can do is, like, you know, look out for fishing. I'm like, guys, all of this is necessary building blocks to what will hopefully be one of the greatest heel turns we have ever seen <laughs> in movies. And we finally got it. So I just feel personal validation for that alone. But Elizabeth Olsen is just finally getting to unleash the true inner villain that I feel like she's always had, but has really never gotten a chance to tap into because she's kind of always been forced to play like kind of, you know, the meek, like hapless, like, oh, I've, I've got to, you know, the, for, for lack of a better word, she's been the rogue of the MCU where she's constantly having to like play down just how powerful she is because she's like, oh no, if I like get out of control, you know, who knows what could happen, you know? And the whole WandaVision of it all, I think was the first real demonstration of just what like her emotional state was capable of being and the one thing i will say if there's one flaw that i had it's that i don't necessarily think they did a good enough job of tapping into the idea of the fact that the scarlet witch is supposed to be this completely separate persona that is essentially taking over wanda you know i feel like the only scene that really hinted at that was the scene where professor x went into her mind in order to try and free her but 
God damn it, is she just eating this scenery up? Like she, yeah. she's got the accent back. She's doing like this playful, like cat's purr. She's like, oh, I'm not really evil. I'm just doing what a mother would do. Like knowing what she's doing is wrong, but knowing that she's also got like a strong enough validation for it. You know what? I know that there are going to be people that have problems with that because it's like, oh, you yeah. know, like the, the Marvel starting to have an opposite of a villain problem that they're like kind of like embellishing their villains and all that. But I don't know. I was just having so much fun watching her. She was, she was the most that she was easily like the most watchable part for me this entire time and that's before we even get to the illuminati stretch and how she wrecked shop there you know right yeah so before we get into that stretch i'll, I'll say about um elizabeth olsen's portrayal of wanda in this movie i think she was absolutely phenomenal i wouldn't say it's like the ultimate heel turn of all heel turns but but i thought it was really well done i genuinely enjoyed this arc i think wandavision now feels like required viewing and less of a cash grab which i'm so happy to justify just because i think like an issue with this film is something that speaks to a larger problem which is which is the marketing and the way that they know they have us and so they force these monetary things on us like getting a disney plus subscription to see something a quarter and and like spoiling a whole movie and thinking that's okay and so it just felt nice to justify like cool they're still filmmaking even if the corporatism somehow seems to seep its way into every aspect of every movie as we inch further down this mcu journey because I thought I was very I was very impressed with the way she was really separating the two roles, right? Like she she really got cast in two roles. She got cast as Wanda, and then she also got cast as a Scarlet Witch. And we finally really got to see the Scarlet Witch at the end of WandaVision, but it was still sort of in that merging where the two are coming together, where she's losing that Wanda personality, and she's but there was still a little Wanda in her. And now we're really, she really was able to separate it. And it was awesome to see like that scene where strange comes to her and he almost gets fooled. He almost gets fooled. And then he realizes, Oh no, this is magic. That was brilliant because I, they got me. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So there were no consequences with uh, WandaVision, and I was very annoyed about what I spent doing with my winter. Not that the weekly recaps weren't fun, but watching the show wasn't. And, and so then they, they tricked me, and I thought it was really... I was like, wow, this is a great performance fr from, from Elizabeth Olsen here. Something I didn't expect her to be able to do, but she did. It was, And uh, the Scarlet Witch was menacing. She was scary and very powerful, and I hope that... I mean, I know she's still alive because there's no way a building kills... Um, a spellcaster who can simultaneously take down the Sorcerer Supreme, Strange, and an army of wizards, like in what was that action sequence when the uh, the the the, uh, the base fell in the beginning? That must have been like a total of five oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It took her like what? Yeah, it comes in. Five minutes. The, the Shang Chi set piece, kind of like they brought some. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, Disney. Come on, exactly. Disney. Yeah, they're getting a little lazy with their set with their uh, with their studios there. But yeah, no, I th yeah, Dom, I think. I heard uh, John Campia say it's trendy now to give a nod to the comic book films at the Oscars for like a nomination or, or two or three. Yeah. I don't know if supporting actor would be something that they would go as far as to do. But if there was ever one, I could agree in saying that, yeah, I think Elizabeth Olsen deserves at least a nod for this because I felt her, her two roles were so separate, but each so vital to the movie. Yes. And when she was acting with herself, that was actually brilliant. As much yeah. as I hate those 
stupid kid actors. I think they suck. Yeah. yeah. Every, 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 was everyone great. that I've talked to was like not a fan of those kid actors. Kid actors and, being kid actors. Which is crazy because again, you want to talk about more setup. I'm telling you, man, this is the this is what like the we 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 have gotten a young Avengers setup in every single Marvel property that we've gotten since Endgame, you know. So yeah. I, I just want to keep one of that. I just want to keep um, one of that. There. I know the young Avengers are kind of hit or miss because people have like when it comes to like teen superhero teams, it's pretty much like the Teen Titans and Young Justice and like nobody else puts up. But I'm telling you, man, I mean Get, get rid of the bad kid actors like get some like actually decent like young adult actors we, we could actually yeah. have a pretty badass team here because all the setup is there you know so the second act i've heard mixed opinions about this i've heard this is where we strike brilliance i've heard this is where we come in the problems i'll save my opinions for last we'll we'll let our guests go first here if that's all right with you dom 100 um, yeah matt why don't you take this one off we'll just go around in a nice circle here I'll be honest, man, the whole entire movie for like one act, if I'm being honest, was just the pacing. So where does the second act really begin? I mean, probably I would like, say you go for it, Dom. I was going to say probably when Wanda begins the attack on Kamartaj. That's when it begins for me. OK. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it was fine. I think um, <laughs> this is where the people are going to get pissed off because the multiverse just uh, maybe like someone in this room right now. The multiverse wasn't fully in madness it wasn't fully in madness they they checked off some lists oh we're in this one we're in that one for a bit and then we get to um uh earth 838 right i think that's where probably like yeah, that's maybe what they that's, said. That's, which, which by the way a, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that's not actually 838 but like that's marvel just playing fast and loose with the comics so yeah um and then and then you know you get the bruce campbell stuff shout out to bruce campbell that was dope i like yeah, that no one cheered in too. our theater yeah, casuals. Yeah, just had a little morons cheering for Krasinski and Patrick Stewart, but nobody people, was cheering people for, were for going loud for Bruce. Bruce, yeah. Bruce Campbell. Wow. I was like, no that, was. I was like, that's that I'm like, that is some shameful <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, that's where the the, the bean and potatoes, and I just there was like so much exposition, exp um, expediting just to set up the stakes of the movie, and it, it just kept it interesting. I like Raimi's editing was just so amazing. He made it look like a comic book. He has some like metal music in the background. I'm like, and then they were like playing no score. Cool. That was cool. I was like, this is pretty rad. Like it, it, it was visually sounding different, distinct from a lot of the MCU movies that we got. And I was telling myself, um, the second act started becoming more Raimi, the third act really Raimi. I was yeah. like, is this too niche for you know the MCU audience? Is this too much? Is this like, am I like the only one who watched you know it's Evil Dead, Joji, Jack, Drag Me to Hell? Is this, oh, is this, you know, is this like? Turning off? Is this is this is this the main problem of the movie? Is it too much Raimi, less MCU? Because I, I really feel like they threw away the uh, the playbook. I, I think they threw away the playbook in this film. I think it still has the MCU stuff, right? But it's overpowered by Raimi a lot. I mean, it's it's pretty surprising how much they let him play ball here. All right. Luke, what's your take on that? I don't think there's enough Raimi. Like people are saying, Oh wow, this is amazing. But I think, yes, you definitely have great moments of raminess but it's far overshadowed by the writing and how everything's played out i think there's a there's a great movie in here but it, and it's trying to break out but it's blocked by the fact that it's an mcu film interesting chris what, what what's your take on that yeah i think i'm more with luke than i am with matt but i think i honestly fall somewhere in the middle because i don't think the movie really got interesting until the second act specifically that scene with the body horror moment where wanda crawls out of the portal oh, so that, that, that was, was so shit, that was some shit right out of like um like like the ring like was that was yeah 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 that that was a really cool moment there um and i was like oh it kind of like gave a chill down my spine it was a little gross it was a little creepy and that's 
a feeling I've never had watching the MCU, which was really interesting and really cool. Um, it, it makes me wish that whole Aquaman the Deep movie would come out. I would love to see what they would do with that. You know, DC being a little less um, scripted in regards to like the way that they structure their universe. But I, I really enjoyed it because I think like when you have magic, mysticism, witches, there's inherently something evil there to begin with. Yeah. You know, there's always the dark side of magic since it's a tale as old as time. I mean, Token, uh, Rowling, uh, Lovecraft, whoever you want to look at, those are all different you know decades and, and eras. They all have the good and evil side of magic. So it's it's something you want to play around with. And with that being said, I think, yeah, it wasn't necessarily an MCU movie or a Raimi film for me. And that's what I liked about it. But that's also, I think, my ultimate sentiment agrees with Luke, where I think that is what held it back. I don't think that the, the short runtime actually was a hindrance. I hear a lot of people talking about that. To me, it was refreshing to go into an MCU movie and not leave the theater with bags under my eyes being exhausted. <laughs> not, not that I never have fun. I do, but it was nice to like leave and uh, actually and Eternals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was nice to like, we trimmed some Eternals of the fat good. and we had a nice fun ride that kept it going the whole way through. But yeah, ultimately I wish we either picked one side of the aisle and, and, and fell into it. Like I, I wish we either went traditional formulaic or we went Raimi going fully off the rails. I just felt like, this is where the voice of the film should have been established. I thought the first act was actually perfect for being so vague. It, it was a nice little way to hand off the torch to the second act. But I just felt like we kind of left some stuff there on the floor. And with that, the direction, I mean, like where the story's progressing and, and how it was going to progress, it felt a little severed and, and not connected but it was still fun it was fun i think too because there was so much new stuff going on for the mcu but i don't know were, that's were you I, trying I, to I make a severance like... reference there chris i wasn't but i guess it might have worked <laughs> yeah it kind of came out of that yeah <laughs> what do you think uh, dom uh here's my thing on the second act my i i am both tremendously a fan of the second act while at the same time being the most confused because this is easily the section you could tell where the they had the most amount hit the cutting room floor for this one because yeah. you could probably tell this is the one where the actual multiversal aspect was supposed to kick in i have a feeling that there was supposed to be a lot more than just them bouncing through all the different universes and having all the different fun with all the cg and all the different shapes and everything you know with the color verse and then the the savage land verse and the looney tunes and all that stuff was great but it's when they get to the illuminati section that is both simultaneously my favorite section of the movie and the most problematic section of the movie. It's my favorite section of the movie because Raimi basically is kind of sticking up a, sticking up an FU to like the traditionalist MCU sense because that's probably the most traditional MCU. You know, it's got the cameos. It's got the setup for future movies. It's got all the pristine. It's got the fan cheering moments, you know, with the dumb Marvel fans cheering behind me. It made me so mad. Like, like I, I've, I've always been like that guy that was like cheering with the rest of the theater. But I guess the difference being is that before it was always like collectively a group thing whenever they cheered but now whenever they have the fan insert moment the problem is it's always like moments in the movie where they were like actually characters talking and expositing dialogues so with like i actually want to hear what they're saying because i can tell <laughs> that it's going to be important stuff and i have these morons cheering behind me and i'm like okay so this is why people don't want to go to movie theaters anymore okay that makes sense so my whole thing with it was i'm like 
okay, this is simultaneously the most rushed section of the movie, but the most fascinating section of the movie. I don't necessarily know if it's good or not. The cameos, my problem with the cameos is I figured them out because, again, I'm not going to not spoil them for myself, you know, because I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, what are those guys? You know, I, I like spoiling shit for myself. Get over it. Um, what's it called? So I knew about Captain Carter. I knew about Lashana Ledge. And the biggest surprise for me, surprise, it was not Krasinski or Patrick Stewart, is the fact that, wow, they actually brought back Black Bolt from that garbage-ass Inhumans yeah. ABC TV show. That was the biggest surprise for yeah. me. I'm like, you got wow, no cheers. Mar Marvel really is just like going for it because they're like, okay, we, we, they're like, look, we, we screwed over all the guys that were in that show. You know, we had this guy, Anson Mount, who's on Star Trek now. You know, we, we, that, that was unfortunately Ewan Rand's first job post Game of Thrones as Maximus in that show. They're like, okay, we, we got to throw some kind of redemption arc for these guys. You know, <laughs> my biggest problem with that section was, of course, because it was the most generic section of the thing where it's like, Doctor Strange is trying to warn these guys. And also, this is the only section where we bring back Mordo, too. I'll get to that in a bit. But um, where Doctor Strange is trying to warn them, look, there is a very real threat. They're like, the Scarlet Witch is this thing. She's after this girl. You know, you you know, th this is a very real threat that you guys are focusing on. And, of course, the Illuminati have to do that generic-ass movie thing where they're like, oh, we know the Scarlet Witch is a threat. But she's not as big a threat as you, you know? And then they tell them the truth about, like, you know, their variation of Strange. And, like, they have this whole cockamamie plan where it's like, oh, is Strange evil? And they're trying to, like, have this, like, stupid moral debate. about. And I'm like, okay, like, th these guys are supposed to be the Illuminati. I'm like, get these guys the fuck out of here. These guys are, like, nothing but an excuse as to demonstrate how just useless the Illuminati are. I've never liked them as a team. They kind of, for me, go against the whole idea of what Marvel thing. The Illuminati, for me, have always been kind of more of, like, something along the lines of, like, a DC construction, you know? The difference being yeah. is that in DC, they would be run by a character like Batman, who actually, like, is semi-competent. You have Professor X, Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man, Black Bolt, Namor, who can never seem to decide whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, you know, like he's constantly just like doing whatever he wants, which is why he's kind of the best of them. And then you have this group of jokers here that are like trying to pass a moral standing. And I'm like, okay, Wanda just needs to come in and dust all these guys. And then she does. And that's when the movie just kicked up into high gear for me because I'm sorry. And I said this to all my friends. I'm like, the minute where Wanda dream walks into her, like that version of her character and just comes in and toasts the Illuminati, that was to me, Matt. Where Raimi gets to go full Raimi to all of his PG-13 extent because I'm like, never before have I been so simultaneously let down by a movie and then just immediately like elated by just the movie blatantly going out of its way. Oh, you thought you were going to get this? Here's this instead. And it was just, I don't know, there was just something so satisfying about seeing Black Bolt literally blow his own brains out like a moron. Mr. Fantastic turned into string cheese. Captain Carter getting sliced in half with her own shield with the close-up on her face being like, oh. And of course, they it's so hilarious to me because they do the same thing with Lashana Lynch that she almost tried to do with that they that they did with her in Jane Bond, where they almost have her in as like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm the strong female insert that's gonna, you know, show all of these guys, you know, what's what and I'm gonna be cocky as hell. Then she immediately gets showed up and dies as a result of it. Like that, not even like in a cool way. Like at the very least, the that was the three, worst death. The, was the, the, no, but that's what I'm saying. The other four got cool deaths at the very least, you know, like even the Professor X death was pretty cool, you know. But the way that she died, she just gets crushed by a statue. I'm like, wow, that's how they know. They just gave no fucks about that character, you know? And she was clearly the insert about superior Iron Man. So that's what I'll say about the second act of that movie is that I went from being kind of confused as to why they weren't taking full advantage to being really disappointed by the Illuminati section, just how stupid and generic it got, especially because that's the section that we're also supposed to be super excited for because that's where we got all the cameos to just be immediately elated by just how easily Wanda took them off the board. This yeah, that was nice. That oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Let me just let me just spit this out. And I think this is it's showing right here with this um, stream. That moment became the throne room uh, in The Last Jedi. That was The Last Jedi moment. That's the moment where Stoke kills them. And then it, are the fans going to love it? Are the fans going to hate it? A lot of fans in that reaction, they said, a lot of them were saying, 
There's one moment in this movie that had me elated. I was hated. I hated this scene. It's pretty obvious it was that scene for a yeah. lot of these people who, who watched it. Yeah, but I'll I, that, I personally digged it. I yeah. digged it a lot. I dug it. Yeah, I loved it. It was my favorite section. And I'll tell you why, Matt. I'll tell you what the difference is between this and the Snoke section of the scene. Because the Snoke section of the scene was basically just like try. Well, the the Snoke section of the scene was an anti payoff. You know, this was not yeah. a payoff sequence. You know, because the, the whole Snoke section of the scene was it's like okay, we want to find out who this character is. We want to know who this character is. It this was is the trying big to be a risk, just to be exactly. a risk. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was a risk just to be a risk. There wasn't any storytelling purposes behind it. It was just kind of a, oh, okay, so all this investment we had in this character just goes away, out the window. This one is so clearly set up because, like, this is a yeah. set up scene because we know this is this is not going to be the last time we see Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. This is not going to be the last time that we see Patrick Stewart as Professor X. It may very well be the last time that we see Anson Mount as Black Bolt, but hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> there, 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 there got to be some casualties in war, you know? I gotta say, the biggest casualty for me about the Inhuman show flopping is just the way that they mistreated those lost actors. I'm talking about Ken Leung and Henry Ian Cusack. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's you guys right. had great talent there, and you screwed it. But anyways, I thought it was great how Sam Raimi kind of said, screw you. I, I know you have a formula. Guess what, guys? These cameos are really stepping on my groove right now. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. get, get them out of here because this is a multiverse. They can die, and they can still make you money later on. But please, let me just get over with this so I can get back to the movie I want to make. That was awesome. Yeah. It almost felt like Scorsese got a sleeper agent in the MCU somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't know. Point, point in case. I think fun second act, nothing groundbreaking, but it could have been if we weren't torn between the MCU's identity and directors always naturally having their own identity. Mingle just in the middle. Seemed... Yeah. So coming out of the middle into the last act here, the big shebang, if you will. I I don't know. I felt like um, if there was a point in the movie where I got a little sleepy, it was here. But then they quickly locked me back in and and woke me up because I thought it got real strong towards the end. It was it was fun. I mean, I think what was more compelling, though, wasn't Doctor Strange. It was Wanda and her emotional ride and her journey and Elizabeth Olsen just stealing every scene she was in. I thought that really is what kind of made me feel like, nice, we're hitting like an emotional climax in a Marvel film. We're two for two now. Um, and And so I don't know. I just think. It could have been stronger, but at the end of the day, I didn't expect this where it seems like a lot of people did in the zeitgeist to be like a top 10 MCU film, hell, even maybe top five. I just wanted to have a fun night and I, I got that out of it, but I don't, I, I feel bad for the people who put all their eggs in this basket, you know, who wanted this to be then like, we're going to get No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness back to back. Like I remember hearing that stuff and I was like, I'll see it when it happens. But I've never been that fully invested in the MCU, you know? So right. I thought it hit all the beats. They have a formula. They know how to leave nothing on the cutting room floor at this point. But I do think also we're starting to see, at least in my theater, jokes fall flat. People not necessarily freak out. No one freaked out when Krasinski, Campbell, or even the legend Patrick Stewart popped up on... on I, it was a sold-out house. We, were, we went to shitty, an 8.30 showing. Crowd. They even went either way and even threw in the original 90s X-Men theme music there. They oh did, yeah, they, yeah. The cartoon, right? That's what that was. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I thought I vaguely remembered that. But I, I just... I, and I, I was the only one. I was like, oh, shit. I turned to the person I was with. I was like, yo, so they actually did it. He's like... And then, and then my friend says, yeah, did you not see the trailers? I said, no. And that was so smart, telling. man. 
Yeah. But anyways, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts about like what, the what's Luke's Luke thoughts on the the whole Illuminati? I think that, yeah, is this yeah, the, the turning point. Oh yes, thought. please. Sorry, Luke. Let's talk about the cheering for a second. You know, I'll admit I cheered because I'm just like I mean, all these things come every once in like a year. So I thought you know, I'll just be part of it. I cheered for Krasinski and Stewart, even though I knew they were going to be in the movie. But my crowd, they went nuts. They were cheering for the Thor: Love and Thunder trailer. They were cheering when Wanda first showed up on screen. I'm like, you knew she was in the movie. <laughs> Captain Carter got like Andrew Garfield level noise. Why? That sounds I'm, fun. Man. I have my no idea. I, I mean, oh, overall, I love Captain wild. Carter because I, I love Haley Atwell, but like, I'm like, damn. I, I didn't realize I, I, what if had that many fans. Oh, yeah, when, when it turned out that that's just the only cameos that we get, I, I was a little disappointed, but I was like, oh, okay. We're not they, getting they Tom Cruise. We're not getting Tom Cruise. <laughs> they could have easily in inserted. The Inserted two more cameos that I had an idea for. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll chalk that up to cutting room but, floor, uh, you know. Because I, I know for a fact there were, I know for fact there were original plans for Loki to be in this movie as well, and that is cutting room floor. I I always track these Marvel movies. I some do I know that the, these characters, these some of these characters, and the whole plot of this movie was and back in 2020, pre you know, right before the pandemic hit. But this is the most interesting track record of an MCU movie I have ever seen. They had been in uh, negotiations for this actor, that actor. Maybe they have a deal with that actor. We don't know. A lot of stuff got cut. Of course, Sam Raimi coming in was huge. Um, yeah, this is. I'm really intrigued to like in like in what like five, ten years talk about this movie. It's like what got cut? Is there yeah. a Raimi cut out there? Because he did say that he cut out 30 minutes of the film. I a negative for me. I could have used him maybe like. Good twenty minutes more. Just I'll say like cut. ten. I feel like twenty would have been too much. I'll give you ten. We can be in the middle at fifteen. We can all right, be in the all right. that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. That sounds but, good. Um, but real quick, do you know what like any specifics of like any actors that they were like specifically negotiating with, or no, just rumors? Tom Cruise, um, okay. Hugh Jackman. Okay. Before Chadwick, I think he would have been in it before okay. the passing. Okay. There's a couple more in there. Too. Reynolds. I think. I think Reynolds. I think. Um. Casey Grammer's Beast was also going to be okay. In it. Okay, Kelsey it Grammer's was, Beast. Yo, I would have taken Kelsey Grammer's Beast over Lashana Lynch's Captain Marvel. Just doing it was, it. yeah, it was fluctuating. I was like, wow, this is this is what's going on. So I'm, I'm sure I, we'll see those in the future. Yeah, yeah, I think like, I think Feige needs to get those negotiating a uh, negotiation going on right now because Tobey Maguire clearly watching Owen Home. He signed last minute. He yeah. signed last minute. He was there. You know, he needs to get him going, especially guys like Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise is like. Yeah gonna play ball with him you know how much i need i i don't need no iron man suit you need to see tom cruise yeah. in my big armor with my some small body still yeah. make me look big feige but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we know too much about the actors behind the scenes yeah but luke uh what do you have anything more to say there well, the cameos um i don't even know what to think of them when i watch them all I'm like oh these are just incompetent fools who can't really do much um I was left a little confused. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're doing it to build up Wanda. But it was kind of just like, okay, you know. <laughs> so I guess Wanda is really that strong. They, um, they are supposed to be the most, the best, most in, uh, intelligent and, and Marvel comic characters. they're not. Yeah, and they're, they're not. Because they, Mr. And, and Mr. Fantastic yeah. literally just Set tells her out, how yeah. Black Bolt's powers work. And it's like, oh, But they're okay, ignorant. Yeah. They're ignorant. All those characters in the comics are very ignorant. Um, So I think they got them right. I think they, they checked them down and... <laughs> <laughs> so they use that an advantage to like ever, oh those characters are ignorant in the comic so they got him right wow they got they got him right reed richards is neglecting his family all that stuff professor x 
is an asshole to those kids. So, you know, they, they, yeah. got, him, they got him on we're, a nail. We're going to get the Mr. Fantastic movie, and it's going to be the incredible. It's really going to be the incredible. It's going to be another midlife yeah, crisis movie about him. He's constantly this, trying to get away from his kids and his this, wife. This, this was the excuse of them trying to give us a, a, a character who's not morally great, you know, not charismatic. And then once you get him, he's going to start acting like uh, Mr. Incredible. And, which, is, you know. which is funny because the version of Mr. Fantastic, because what you're describing sounds way more like the versions of Hank Pym that I that I knew about in the comics rather than Mr. Hank Fantastic. Pym was, yeah, he's but, definitely but, toned down. But, but I guess that, but I, but again, I, I guess that just goes to show like, you know, what, what, what Fantastic Four comics ever, because I'll admit I, my comics that I read growing, like when I was in high school were the ultimate comics where they were like kind of all like the, they made all the Fantastic Fours like kind of young adults rather than like the Fantastic yeah. Four more traditionally like middle aged in comics. But I digress. Yeah, I don't know. I think this was a fine third act. I think, again, Wanda steals the show. And unfortunately, it feels like there are so many story beats and traditional MCU-isms that you need to hit in a finale for a film that I just feel like Sam Raimi kind of was struggling to keep his vision going that he tried to establish, the horror, the scary side of things, into the third act. Whereas if it was like a Sam Raimi standalone, I feel like we would have gone a little even more with the animism, you know, bringing the dead body back to life and doing all that type of stuff. I mean, those big giant golems, those very like fantasy driven creatures really were just there to just add there. muscle, but not yeah. actually do anything. What were they? I feel like Raimi wishes he could have explained that, but unfortunately didn't have the time to play with that <clears throat> or do anything with it. So I, I just I feel like a lot yeah. of it was set design. But it's it sucks when characters become set design because characters are supposed to have, you know, motion and action. And even if they are like big CG colossal monsters, at least give them a few things to do or else what's the point? You know, Wanda was menacing with or without her little bodyguards. Um, and so I just I feel like this movie ultimately is trapped between two worlds, which I guess is a bit ironic. But, uh, you know, I, I think um, that that's really who suffers from the multiverse is the movie itself. Um, not being able to find an identity or a home. All in all. Because it was fine. It was fun. Like, I left really enjoying it. And I love the new thing that end credit scenes have been doing. You first had it with Spider-Man No Way Home. Then you had it with the Batman and then Morbius as well. Where it's like, hey, idiot, why are you staying to watch the whole rest of this credits just leave you're not getting anything anymore we don't care about you leave we ha we got your money two and a half hours ago now get out of the theater we need to fill seats <laughs> for another showtime in the case of the batman three hours ago yeah i love the, like the middle finger we're getting because we are stupid as audience members and they have us eating out of the palm of their hands and now they're just like i don't know it's like a weird sort of like stockholm i feel like that started with homecoming through. i feel like yeah, it started with homecoming. homecoming with the captain america bit at the end and they've just been running gamut on us ever since you know it's great i I'm, i i love it i think it's because i love looking around and seeing like the, the normal moviegoers disappointment or frustration like every time that's it like I, I hear that every time like, <laughs> well, is that like, not enough <laughs> like did you not just get a whole movie but we're so spoiled and uh, yeah I don't know so that yeah ultimately it was a fun ride I can't justify why I enjoyed it as much as I did because so much of it fell flat but I had fun and that's where I'm at with this thing. <laughs> 
know? That is the greatest MCU take that you ever had. I, I really liked it. I don't really know why I liked it because I can't justify how good the movie is, but I had a fun ride with it, you know? And I feel like I'm pretty much in the same boat. Only thing I wanted to touch on briefly before we got out of here um, is I did want to talk about Moon Knight for like a solid five seconds. I won't spoil anything as far as anything that goes into it. But the one thing I will say that was probably the most fascinating thing about Moon Knight, and Matt, I'm assuming you watched this. Luke, I don't know if you got a chance to finish it or not. I did finish it. Okay, so the most interesting thing for me that comes out of Moon Knight is the fact that there are no tie-ins with any other MCU properties. There's no characters. There's no cameos. There's not even a reference to anything. I don't even think there is. There, there, there is, is like two to the ancestral plane and Black Panther. Okay, and what's the, the other GR, one? to the, the, GR, the GRC, GR thing. It's like a the, minor little thing this, in the back. Oh, okay. blip, blip relocation. Okay, so so things that are so small, I wouldn't even recognize it. And that was probably Basically. the most fascinating because because I I think that's like the first. MCU property like ever that like doesn't go out of its way to like blatantly reference stuff you know I, I won't go yeah. into the specifics of it because like it, it's it's the way the, the best that I can use to describe Moon Knight is that it's essentially Indiana Jones meets identity in a straight which is like one of the strangest yeah. mixes ever you know but fun fact identity also directed by comic book director because that's directed by James Mangold so it, it's a kind of little underrated movie um from the early 2000s that starts off as like a mystery thriller and then turns into something completely different by the time you get to the third act but I think it's good Oscar Isaac's British accent is absolutely awful it's, it's one of the worst it's <laughs> i think it's he knows it's i know awful. i know it's, yeah. it's intentionally awful but that doesn't make it any better it's one of the worst accents i've ever heard i like it though. in anything and um you know ethan hawk is great as the villain f murray abraham is just having fun as the voice of Konsu. and yeah it, it was fun it's probably been my favorite of the disney plus shows since loki you know not that this, that's saying much because the disney plus shows have really not been that good they really yeah. haven't been this was definitely a refreshing week for the mcu we got moon Knight season finale which it felt very mcu but you gotta look at the show as a whole and then you got multiverse of madness which I, I feel like i feel like it was different man i feel like this was a little different i i really appreciate what they did with um raimi in this because we, we hear all the time they're not giving these directors creative control you know taika watiki he makes you know fun thoughtful cute experiences james gunn as well chloe's out likes to make boring movies she made a boring <laughs> movie uh, <laughs> sam Raimi likes to make these weird campy horror type movies you know <laughs> So I think I think the, the phase four has definitely been a experimental phase. Definitely. Better or for worse. Can I say, Matt, I totally agree with you on that. I'm actually enjoying phase four for the first time just as much as I enjoyed phase two. Uh, that, that was previously my favorite phase up until now. Um not that that's saying much again, but I'm I'm having a fun time. Like I didn't even hate yeah. I didn't even hate Morbius. I know we're talking Sony, but there's still the Marvel Morbius. logo on that thing. Like it was funny, it was fine. <laughs> like it was. You know what I liked about it? I just like the darkness seeping in a little bit. I think that's yeah. What's and always you can't appealed see to me. anything that's going on in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that 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 that, that like that's a, always I appealed like to a me. Note from DC's book there. True that. 1984 but, end scene in Shang-Chi. But I, I'll say this much. Like, I like the one thing I think the DCEU does right, and, and there's not much, trust me, and I'm a DC <laughs> guy, is the darkness. Like, yeah. the humanity that they bring to their heroes and the flaws. And I like that we're starting to get a little bit more of that. It's cool. And I can't wait to watch Moon Knight. I'm actually going to start tonight. So I'll um, I'll let you guys know what I think. But yeah, yeah I don't know, man. Um, I, I still, my closing thoughts on, on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the Acquisitions of Madness, um, Corporate Merger of Madness, right? That should have been the actual that's title. That's a good title. Yeah, that should have been. been the actual title. I know. And I think that's why Feige is upset. But I'll just say, like, I had fun, but I don't know why. And that's a weird <laughs> feeling, you know? And, and I've talked it out for an hour now. 
and yeah. I still can't figure it out. But what about yeah. you guys? I don't know. Yeah, Luke, you give think? us your final. Luke, give us your final thoughts on Moon Knight and and acquisition of madness. <laughs> on on Moon Knight, I really enjoyed Moon Knight. I think uh, maybe because my expectations were so low for a Disney Plus show, and then the finale delivered compared to most of them. I think Loki was the be- best finale until this one. Actually, they're they're pretty close. Uh, I want to see more of him. Um, as for uh, multiverse of uh, slight madness, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's no Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of Raimi's movies are going to be quite Oz the Great and Powerful. Uh, but um, yeah, I didn't quite have as much fun with it as you guys did. Uh, of course, I will give it a rewatch, not in theaters. Marvel have enough money at this point. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go into it with an open mind again, with my expectations set. But for now, it's a uh, it's one of the lesser films of Phase Four. I think out of it's, five, uh, it's a three out of five. Interesting. R- Matt, right there with Shang Chi and Black Widow. Interesting. Okay, Matt, your final thoughts. Listen, man, I, I think I'm gonna have to support because the theater was lit in the in, in in Thursday night, but I did feel like a lot of people coming out. That's different. Maybe that's too different for me. It's not. I didn't feel. It didn't feel like the 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 formulaic food to me. I feel like it was a. Raimi is like he, he saw them eating that food and he just slapped them in the face. Say spit that out. Don't eat that. And he gave a little bit of his taste into the mcu form this is a move the, the directing of this movie and just the the risk i feel like they took visually storytelling is the only way that the mcu is going to evolve then playing with different genres really playing with different genres not saying that oh this feels like die hard no it doesn't feel like die hard hawkeye does not feel like that like i don't know where they, people get that they're just they're just templates they're just getting they're just getting the, the the color scheme right they're just getting the, the look of it right the, the setting of it right but it doesn't it doesn't feel nothing like it i feel like this one does feel like a true horror blockbuster mcu pg-13 they really pushed the line here um that this is kind of like our generation of the temple of doom for those little kids I don't suggest little kids watching this, man. It, it got yes, a little Temple graphic. Of Doom? Really? Temple of Doom, yeah. Temple of Doom is way more. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, you, you didn't have you didn't have her, you didn't ever pull anyone's heart out in this movie, which I was kind of. I'm like, and you, you yeah, ever crush an Ultron's head, the Ultron bot's head in this one? So, but where we at in the in the world, especially with Disney PG-13, they they push the line. Yeah, All right, push I the line. That. that that's my like probably my biggest problem with people and like reacting to this, like, oh, this is a horror movie. No, it's not. This yeah, but, but that, that's moments. the case with every had a horror element. Yeah, but that's You know, I'm still hearing that, like, oh, Ant Man's a heist movie. They're like, oh, Ant Man's a heist movie. You know, I've been, yeah. I've been hearing that garbage since 2015 with Ant Man. But this, like, look, none of the MCU movies are genre movies. They're MCU movies. You know, this this feels like the most genre movie to me. To, to an me. extent, I can understand where you're yeah. coming from there, 100 for sure, Chris. You, I just realized. Oh, wait, real quick, Matt, out of five, four stars. Out of five, got it. All right, Chris, your 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 star rating. Yeah, um, well, the last thing I just wanted to quickly comment on, finally, the MCU has a respectable score. One that's yeah, worth yeah. listening to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Raimi brought back Danny Elfman, and man, he went to town on those electric guitars. He really <laughs> did, yeah. Yeah, so, like a couple, like, 80s riffs there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Where is yeah. this coming from? Yeah, for me, this is like a middle-of-the-road type film. I'm going to go with the three and a half out of five stars. I had a great time. I don't feel like I wasted money on the ticket. And... You know, it could have been worse. It has in the past. 
Anyways, what about you, Luke or Dom? Whoever uh, wants to go up. Yeah, I actually um, got my ticket for free. I just remembered. So yeah, I was about to say. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I have the Regal app still, so I, I don't, I don't really pay for movies if I see them in Regal anymore. But yeah, uh, yeah, this was just fun. Like, look, I, I, I'm, look, the, the point being is that this is a superhero movie. The fact that like we are still putting this much thought and deliberation into something that are just supposed to be like kind of fun action set pieces and like occasional like references and Easter eggs to greater comic books. I, I feel like this is kind of what got back to that in a strange yeah. way. Yeah. Obviously, not all the plot semantics made sense, but to echo Matt's point, this is probably the most experimental and probably the most like kind of daring they've gotten as far as actually, you know, be willing to dive into genre. I think that this they actually like took a decent amount of their characters to some interesting places. I thought the visuals were the best that they've been in the MCU in a very, very long time. And yeah, like I said, it's just I had an absolute fun with it. You know, the cameo squad, they all got wiped out like they should be. And yeah, I had fun with it. This it was it was goofy, it was macabre, it was ridiculous. The actors kind of had some idea of what they were going for. I think Amy coming in was probably like the best last minute director change that they've made for an MCU movie yeah. in a minute. Um, so yeah, this is a four out of five for me easily. easily. There you go. That's a podcast, fellas. That is <laughs> great. A podcast indeed. Yeah, this, this is the most amount of fun that I've had on a podcast in a long time. So guys, we hope that you will join us back next week when we will be doing our Star Wars themed podcast for the month. Chris, I know that uh, I, I'm extending the invitation to you, obviously, but just so you know, Brandon and Brando and I will be debating the metrics of the Star Wars prequels again and how they've kind of come back around in the public consciousness. I, I know you're busy, but I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Sunday know? morning, right? Sunday morning. I'm just throwing yeah, that there. out there as well. So I'll be there. Advice. Sounds like a so, plan. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Matt, Luke, thank you guys for joining us. This is an absolute blast. Matt, I know we can always rely on you the most for MCU content. Where can the good people follow you on the interwebs? You guys can go follow me at Basic Entertainment on YouTube. I have a bunch of stuff coming up. Also, too, on TikTok, Basic Entertainment. This was so much fun, guys. Thanks for the invite once again, or me inviting myself. You, you already guys know, Kate Films, I'm here. So not really awesome. a big surprise. Luke, my, my Bayham partner in crime, where can the good people follow you on the interwebs? You can follow me at Luke underscore reviews on Instagram for uh, for great story posts. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of effort to make posts these days, and, uh, and sometimes a story is just enough. But I do write on Letterboxd sometimes, awesome. which I did for Doctor Strange. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so please, please write more letterbox. If there are anything like your posts in your YouTube comments, like there, there needs to be more. There just needs to be more Luke in the world. That's all that I'll say. There, Chris, there my ride or die, my podcast partner. We finally got you back for this one. Hopefully this won't be the last time that people will actually see you on the Sunday morning streams for a while. Where can the good people follow you on the interwebs? Yeah, no, it was great to be back. Thank you again, Matt and Luke. Uh, longtime friends of the show and of the podcast. It's always a lot of fun and Dom, you put together yet another banger. I hope the people appreciate it as much as we all do. And if you guys want more of us, you can follow me and everyone else at the places they just said. But you can follow me at Christian Ivanko anywhere that matters. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's Ivanko spelled E-V-A-N-K-O. I make music. I make podcasts, as you know, and other sort of creative things. And I'd love to see you there. I'd also love for you guys to follow my co-host. Dom, where can they find you, man? At Movie Nerd Reviews across all platforms, but more importantly, follow us at the official Talking TV podcast across all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Be sure to follow us if you're listening to us here on Twitch. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. I just put up another top 10 list that I've been working on for quite a while. I think that everyone is going to enjoy it very, very much so because it is about a genre of movies that everybody watches now. So definitely be sure to check that out. Also, be sure to follow us on TikTok as well. We've been, we're on TikTok now at Talking TV on TikTok. I've been posting there pretty frequently as well. So be sure to follow us on all of that. We're still going strong we're not stopping making kind of for you guys anytime so we've got a couple more first time watch series in the works for you guys for later on in the year but for myself from chris from matt 
from Luke. We had an absolute blast reviewing the latest effort in the MCU. And as always, people, 12 seasons in a short film and watch more fucking movies. We'll see you guys next time.